How is it going everyone? It is once again me, Chewy, and I am one of the hosts of this horror podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And we are officially back after taking a somewhat lengthy break of about a month to five weeks. And we are pretty excited, but we do have some sort of a bad news to share with you guys. Nothing major really, but... In the course of this break, my main sound recorder got messed up, so I had to get another one. And I was still trying to figure out how it works. And the audio for this episode and the next one that we have is not the best. (laughs) Quality-wise, it sounds good, but somehow the clips merge to each other and I can't separate them, so there is going to be some significant overlap in our conversations because Mariah and I tend to do our episodes on a video conference thing called Zencaster. But anyways, that's going to be all for the bad news. And before we actually start with the episode, I want to encourage everyone to visit our Linktree page at linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds in which you can find all of our social media links, everything from, from excuse me, our Facebook to our Instagram, Twitter, etc. So, before we get started, let's go ahead and do a little commercial break and we'll jump right into the discussion of this episode's subject, which is the movie Ginger Snaps. Stick around. First segment, and first of all, I want to welcome you back because we had a lengthy break, didn't we? Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) It's been several weeks, but I think we needed the time to, number one, get the holidays stuff done properly. And by that, I mean spending time with our loved ones and our friends and family and just having a great time. And also, of course, to think of new ideas for our podcast. So, uh, first of all, let me ask you, how were your holidays? Were you having fun? I had so much fun. I actually went to California too um, for the holidays and got to like relax and chill and it was a great time awesome that's good to hear i have been to california once i was like 13 so that's about 25 years ago give or take and oh, uh, no. <laughs> my knee just creaked um <laughs> <laughs> but um i remember it I, actually we went to the town hollister where the brand hollister comes from is that okay, brand even yeah. still around? Um, I think so. I haven't been, I guess, there. Well, it's a small town. It's a really small town. I want to say, well, back then, it was a small town. Maybe, I can't remember exactly, but no more than a few thousand people, probably. Oh, okay. And um, it's because my dad had family there, and we went for family reasons. Um... So that's the only time that I've ever been there, but I remember that it was really hot because we went in the summer. Oh, well, that's probably like the worst time to go. I've only went during hol- like the holidays when it's really cold mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. stormy. So that's <laughs> the perfect time, I guess, to go. Because it's so beautiful, but so stormy and gorgeous at the same time and kind of windy. So it's probably the perfect time to go, probably. Since it is probably sunny throughout the entire year. So we went in the summer and it was super hot. Not as hot as it is down here though. Um, It's a different kind of heat for us because we have 
humid heat down here and it's horrible. Over there, it's a dry heat, so you kind of feel like you're inside an oven, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree on that, for sure. <laughs> so, I, for my part, Maria, spent time mainly here, where I'm from. Uh, we, I did go to visit some family in Mexico for a bit. I hopped the border for a couple hours. <laughs> we spent Christmas Eve with my grandma and my mom's side of the family. And it was pretty fun. But it did make me a little bit nostalgic for my youth when I was a little kid because, well, I mean, as people get older, of course, they form their own lives and families and not everyone can make it anymore because they have to go with their spouses or their kids here and there. So a lot of my cousins were missing. A lot of my family wasn't there anymore, but we did have a good time. We had tamales for dinner. We had what else? Um, I believe meatloaf. Somebody made meatloaf, I think. So it was it was fun. Mm. Tamales? Uh-huh. I actually learned how to make tamales this Christmas, actually. <laughs> awesome. And it was really fun. It's it's a lot of work. <laughs> it takes all day, but it was it? so fun to make like as a Mexican, this is like the best gift ever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that something that takes all day, right? Yes. Yeah, I think it's it's really fast making it. It's just the time and having to like put the tamales inside the um, container and everything and then also how many tamales that mm. there are definitely a, a long process for sure yeah so we're, yeah it, it was a fun time my family made tamales my grandma's tamales were the best ever thank you um <laughs> <laughs> i'm so happy for you that you had a great time thank during you. christmas <laughs> thank you yes it's always nice to reconnect with family i hadn't seen my family in since pretty much last christmas because of course with covid and everything everyone's still like a little careful worry yeah i mean by this point i think we're pretty much yeah like you know out of the gates already like we <laughs> um that thing's st still going around but it's not as bad as it used to be back like three years ago when it first popped up and that was like horrible for everyone but yeah, we had fun. My grandma's still doing good. She's in her, I want to say, 93rd year of life. Wow. So, That's amazing. Mm -hmm. what, what an amazing blessing to still Thank have you. her here. Yeah, of course. And she is still the sharpest person in the family. <laughs> her, <laughs> her mind is, I mean, she gets tired, of course. She, she can't hang around as much anymore, but... Whenever she is talking to us, she is super lucid. She's always getting after everyone, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keeping everyone in their toes. <laughs> yeah. And in their place. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really happy. I hope that... I'm like that someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy that she's still here. So, anyways, Mariah, we have something important to talk about, don't we? Yes, we do. Cha -cha -cha. A lot of bloodiness. <laughs> <laughs> so, we decided to cover the movie or actually, I decided to cover <laughs> <laughs> I did give you the suggestion, though. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Thank you. So we had a couple of movies that we had uh, on the on the ballot there, but I, I think I pulled rank on you and said, well, let's do Ginger Snaps, because I think, I thought, and hopefully I'm right, but don't say anything just yet, that <laughs> I was right in my choice. I mean, the other movie you chose, which, or that you had, you had suggested, which was The Stuff, which is also a really cool movie from the 80s. But it's a completely different kind of movie to this. The stuff is more of like a horror comedy type of thing, like funny type of humor. Not quite like scary movie, but it's it's a scary film, but it's also got 
cheesiness to it. I mean, of course, it's the 80s. And that's what I'm going to yeah. say because we are going to do the movie eventually in, in the next few weeks. Well, that's good because I have never watched it before. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so that's amazing. <laughs> now, let's remind our audience, you had never seen this one either, right? Right. I've never seen this one. This was my first time. Ginger Snaps. So, first impressions, a couple of thoughts here and there. What do you think about this movie? <laughs> it was totally screaming early 90s for me. <laughs> and like, I guess, I guess like the hot girl um, 90s version of it. I don't uh-huh. know why. It just gave me like, um, just, and also like real life situations too that actually I think a lot of people still go through today. And so this movie, like I know how you mentioned the movie previously, Mm -hmm. that hopefully we'll do in the future, um, that I have not watched yet. I feel like this one definitely spoke volumes as to real-life situations that I feel is very similar to uh, my past, and I really loved it, honestly. Okay. So hopefully in the course of this movie, we can talk about some of that, if you don't mind. Um, Yeah, of course. um, You can share as much as you like. Of course, if you don't feel like sharing something, don't, don't feel pressured. But... Uh, okay. So, the first time that I watched this movie, which, by the way, was made in the year 2000-ish, I was in high school or just out of high school when I saw it. But I remember it was winter or fall because it was rainy and cold. So, it it was the perfect time to watch this movie because it matched the the setting of the movie. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, have we even said the title yet, by the way? We we are doing Ginger Snaps, right? (laughs) Yes. So, the first one, because after this one, they made, I think, two or three sequels, and I have not seen those, I don't think. But... I have not seen them either. Mm-hmm. So, this was my first one. <laughs> but, um, as far as this one goes, yeah, I, I saw it when I was about 17 or 18 years old, maybe. So, of course, I had a crush on the girls. <laughs> I, the... I think every horror person out there has had a crush on the girls. <laughs> Because she's... I think so. <laughs> she's the same girl from that movie we did a little while ago, American Mary, right? Yes! She's so beautiful, honestly. And mm. she is... She kind of gives off that beautiful horror Halloween. Mm-hmm. Just everything about her is just screaming morbid, but at the same time, like, very beautiful in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people think of when they think about like their first crush or their first crushes back in the day, they think about her because she is in a lot of like horror films, of mm-hmm. course. I bet a lot of people would be like, wow, this is a really beautiful woman. And she, and she really is. Mm-hmm. So, she is definitely. Yeah. I still have a crush on her, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's amazing. Um, those definitely took me back to a time when I was uh, happier, when I was <laughs> not paying bills, not having to worry about you know, my car payments, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, those those were the nice days back uh-huh. when you were like a teenager. Not having, I guess, stress in your mm-hmm. life. And before the world kind of got a little intense, actually. The movie was made before everything changed with, with 9-11 and everything. But I saw it, I think, after that. So I was already kind of feeding the effects. That was a weird time, by the way, when that happened. Because... yeah. Definitely. So much changed in in an instant, and basically the the whole mood of of everything was super different from there on. And I don't think we ever went back to anything like that. I, I don't think we can, for that matter. But 
Um, this movie, though, speaks, I think, to a much more personal thing. That's as you mentioned earlier. Yes. But before we get into that, though, I do want to ask you, what do you think of the characters? Oh, I love them. I love them so much. Um, I did see a lot of, I guess, just a lot of, like, hard moments in my life in a lot of these characters. And it just, it really made me realize, like, wow, I've gone through so much in my past, and I'm so proud of myself, of who I am today. And it, it's just a great reminder, I guess. And I felt this movie really helped me in a, in a lot of ways. Um, make me realize, like, wow, I, I've come so far, type of thing. It just speaks to the power of media, how something like this, for example, in your case, you said it, it made you realize a lot about yourself and that you improved upon yourself after watching this. Is that what I gathered? Yes, definitely. Cool. Yeah, so uh, I'm thinking the creators of this movie would like to hear something like that because that this movie is really good and I I'm really happy that you're here to talk to us about this because I always feel a little awkward talking about some of these themes and I hope I, I think you have an idea what I'm getting to here in, in a minute especially with women's sexuality and their transition from being young girls into young women type of thing I don't feel I'm qualified for that <laughs> to speak about that yeah. at all so I mean anything that I say would just be my opinion and, and it's probably gonna be all messed up and everything but hopefully not uh not, not, not messed <laughs> yeah, up in the way that sure. it's like weird but I meant like incorrect because I don't know what it's like to go through that. I mean, I went through puberty, of course, when I was like a boy, but it's nothing to what compared to what women go through. I don't think it's completely different. I think to get to my point a little bit more clearly, I, I meant to say that for women, it's it's I would imagine a much more difficult process than it is for us guys. So about the characters, I liked the sisters, uh, Ginger and Bridget, and. I wanted to just touch up on something real quick because they are kind of, I don't know what word I want to use. Let's just say dark. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to live in this neighborhood that looks like the suburbs, um, kind of like picture perfect thing. I mean, their, their family seems to be relatively well off. I mean, they're not poor. They have a nice house. They live in a nice town. They go to a nice school. So I don't think finances are too much of an issue. But they themselves look like they're out of place. Because their family looks normal. I mean, the mom's a little weird. <laughs> the mom's a little weird because she brings up a lot of topics that the dad's like, uh, I don't want to talk about that right now. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> um, real quick, there's a scene when they're having dinner and they're talking. the mom starts talking about the period cycle and that's like uh, i don't think we should be talking about this we're having dinner and it's like okay dude like but what i'm trying to say though maria is that basically it's like the movie picture perfect type of setting like the town's really nice and, and looks really cool and they seem to be like i said really well like relatively well off financially speaking so why do you think they look so out of place compared to everything else or do you think they look out of place? Maybe I should, maybe I should ask you that question first. Mm, I would, I don't know. I, I guess 
Um, it is it is a little different because I grew up totally the opposite, like not in a pretty house until mm-hmm. maybe I was like seven, maybe, and then back to square one <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it is it is a little different, and I think for me, I think it's because maybe they just kind of see the world in a very different place than how they live. Because I honestly think it's because of just just how life is sometimes. In my opinion, I think maybe they've just gone through some traumatic stuff in their life. And I don't think it's, it was more of like a trend, like they were trying to follow. I honestly believe it was something they truly felt in their lives. They have this little montage of death scenes that they've taken pictures and video of, don't they? Yes, very memento mori. Um, the very photograph of um, death scenes and stuff. And it is kind of funny to me in a little bit where um, I love a lot of drowning photos. And I think a lot of people take that in a different, I guess, in a different um, position, I guess, because it isn't like, I guess, your average thing that you would share. And a lot of people would think, why is she sharing that? She must be psycho (laughs) 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 or something like that. And I actually, actually do share a lot of like art that speaks to me, but it's not that I think this way or something. It's because I do see the pain behind it. I do see it as art in a way. Um, and a lot of people, I think today in today's society think that's crazy. <laughs> and and I definitely respect everyone's opinion and everything. Um, but it does come back to the art things and, and also the experiences of trauma as well yeah I definitely respect that and that's just so beautiful to me how you can go through something super creepy and super traumatic in your life and how you can turn that around and just seeing just seeing this movie really helped me in a lot of ways I'd say from the outside perspective uh, I grew up in an okay place I mean we weren't super rich or super poor our house was okay. It wasn't anything compared to whatever they show in the movie, of course. <laughs> but we lived kind of well off. And then we went through some rough times here and there. But re- relatively, my life has been pretty decent, thankfully. And I never felt the need or the urge to express myself in a way like they did, for example. I never went that far as, as oh, what, like, I never got into death or... Uh, maybe I should make a, a trigger warning here, but they do speak about suicide for a couple of scenes in this in this movie. How they want to end their lives together. And that's... I mean, I guess the, the art that they make with their photographs is part of that desire. Maybe? Yeah. So, so maybe that's why I felt like they seem like they're out of place. Because, I mean, they seem to have a, 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 an okay life on, on the outside. But then again, like you said, you don't know what's going on on the inside. Right? Right, absolutely. Uh So for me personally, it was... My life was okay. And yeah, I got into heavy metal and stuff like that, but I never took it to the extent like, oh, I'm gonna 
praise Satan now or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or anything like that. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I don't have any tattoos. I don't have any piercings. I don't have anything like that. And it's funny because my friends make fun of me. Because they're oh, all... Oh, wow. You don't even have, like, your ears pierced? <laughs> no, nothing. And that's because I'm a big oh, heavy metal wow. fan. I think I might oh, have mentioned wow. this before. Oh, <laughs> That's amazing. That's kind of unique, though. Because you don't hear about that. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> These so... days. That's, that's pretty cool. I like so, that. So, um, when I was teaching a few a few years ago, it was funny because kids found out that I was into 80s metal and stuff like that. And they're like, I'm sure we thought you were into, like, corridos or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, that was some of them. Some of them, some other kids thought that I was into classical music, which <laughs> I can appreciate too. I mean, I don't know too much about that. I know, of course, the classics like Beethoven <laughs> and stuff like that. But, but even then, I don't know too much about their individual works. You know, like the most famous ones, like the the <laughs> what is it, the Fifth Symphony, the dun, 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 that one. Yes. But it, it's funny how <laughs> people perceive you based on, on just your looks. As like. I guess first impressions, they think I'm the super girly girl stuck up and not into horror whatsoever <laughs> or not into like gory movies. So they like, they get so surprised and I'm like, oh yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> I live for that stuff, yo. Yeah. When they find your YouTube channel <laughs> and they find out, find out about your, your dollhouse collection and... <laughs> yeah, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, you're actually kind of cool. <laughs> but that's amazing though. That That is so cool how... That, and that's a perfect example of don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I brought that up because it is brought up in the movie in the beginning. They are be, they are being judged by their schoolmates, by their by their peers, because they look kind of like again out of place, right? They look really dark, and I don't want to say emo because they don't look emo really. But, no. <clears throat> but they look different compared to most other kids in that school, so they're getting picked on and they're getting pointed out and laughed at and stuff like that. And maybe that's why they are so detached from everything, because if this is something that's been going on for a long time in their lives, of course it's going to make them feel like, I don't care about these people, I hate them, and, and stuff like that. And it's a very teenage thing to do, isn't it? To hate something, <laughs> to a point. Yeah, absolutely. As teenagers, man, we are so hypocritical when that comes to <laughs> How's phase that? in our lives. I think it's just thinking you're like, you know, it all type of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was a teenager less than a decade ago. <laughs> so um, I don't know how the Gen Z is today, but I can imagine because I was so close. I'm a millennial, but mm -hmm. I am like the last of the millennials, I would say, mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in a sense there. So um, Gen Z, they, they think so differently of how you are <laughs> when you're a teenager and I don't know and also I think kids in general and teenagers just because I also don't think too what I, I want to say too is I don't think they get to experience different personalities out mm -hmm. in the world they don't know how the world is I think at that time in their life so they have a very limited version of how you're supposed to be and mm -hmm. how they grew up and so i think it is very relatable in that sense like why these kids would see these girls super weird <laughs> yeah. because they don't they didn't see that growing up and they don't they didn't you know grow up with that so i do see that as a very uh thing even today i think in a lot of 
um, phases in life yeah. in teenagers today. Definitely. So, <laughs> I think some people never grow out of that stage, by the way. Uh, <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> some people still think they know it all, and they are <laughs> difficult, and they hate everything. And <laughs> yeah, we're not very open-minded. With other, <laughs> with other beautiful individuals mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> like me <laughs> <laughs> they're walking around looking for a dog right i believe because they want to kidnap the, some girl's dog because they hate her and then yes they are attacked with well, ginger specifically the redhead sister is attacked by this werewolf creature and her sister tries to save her but she's too late ginger is wounded in this attack and they're able to run away, and then at some point, they come across this highway or street or something. And some dude in a van runs over the werewolf and kills it. So, that's a little different, and I want to maybe put a pin on that for now, because I want to touch up on that in a minute. But it didn't take anything special to kill this wolf, it was just a car. So, no holy weapons, no special bullets. So, please remind me to come back to that in a minute. If you would. Okay. But... Ginger starts to experience changes in herself after this. And how do you or how do you, or what do you think about what was going on with her at this point? Um it definitely honestly from like first reactions it was like wow her hormones are 10 times intense. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got from first impressions from after watching the whole scenario and mm -hmm. stuff. I just thought Wow, this was so me. <laughs> After, I mean, come on. Every, every this is real life. Like every um, person who does go through hormones experiences just crazy craziness in their life, and it's it's almost it's it's. I love that they bring light to this on on the movie because this is real life stuff. Like your yeah. emotions and the way you act and everything um is going to be 10 times intense than what you would normally do before hormones kick in so i did relate to this a lot in in different ways um that is a very true thing and i'm not sure how it is for men as to um how their hormones would be after they hit a certain age, I, I would assume that it's it's a little more intense, and and it's also kind of, for me, it was kind of like embarrassing because <laughs> I didn't want to like express the way I was feeling with oh, okay. um, my peers. So that too is is something that is very definitely lifelike as well so it, it is this movie kind of reminds me of like coming of age <laughs> and it's it's kind of like a weird thinking process but it is in in a sense it is coming of age like coming to womanhood <laughs> yeah. and being a teenager so young and just having all these crazy emotions <laughs> What I remember from that time period is that, yeah, you start noticing some things are different right off the bat. And you freak out. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. It, it, <laughs> you start feeling different. You start Your body starts looking different. I'm not going to go into too much detail about that, of course, but 
your body starts changing you start changing emotionally mentally like you start feeling different and you're having a hard time adjusting to this because no one's prepared you for this <laughs> Yeah, if, if you're like like us, I mean, I would imagine, like, for example, my parents, I've never been comfortable to talk about stuff like that with them because, no. <laughs> yeah, it's so uncomfortable. I was like, please stop. <laughs> uh, so when that happened in the movie, I was like, oh, my God, lady, just leave her alone. Please just don't bother her. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, my, girl, <laughs> my, my sweet girl is a, a grown woman. And I was like, oh, my God, lady, just <laughs> you are not making this a pleasant experience for her. I mean, besides the point that, that she's turning into a wolf, mind you. But, uh... <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely something that, even with your friends, like you mentioned, you don't feel comfortable talking about stuff like that with your friends. I mean, of course, everyone starts noticing themselves and other people being different. Some guys grow, like, a foot over a month. <laughs> I don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being about the same height as, as some guys in my school, and then over the summer they were like a foot taller and I was like what the hell happened to you bro like what do you do <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like um it reminds me of like watering vegetables <laughs> uh -huh. I was like tell me your secret I want to know how to grow <laughs> <laughs> well, of course the secret is genetics and I don't have those genetics but that's okay I'm, I'm happy with what the way I look nowadays uh, <laughs> well I pretty much have to I mean I've been five four my entire life since I was about 12 or 13 you were, like, so taller than me, dude, so that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, a giant. <laughs> well, thank you. These are things that are brought up in the movie, like we mentioned. So, so I think subconsciously, or maybe not subconsciously, I think maybe part of the goal in this movie, and I may be wrong, but I think is to show that kind of thing, actually, that, that um, you change throughout life, and, of course... This one, when you're a teenager, when you're uh, just about to go to high school, puberty, that's the first major change in anyone's life, I think. Second of which I'm coming up to, which is middle age, which ugh, I'm, I'm not too happy about. Well, <laughs> 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 it's not that I'm unhappy. I'm just like, uh, I'll, I'll be 40 in about a year and a half, so okay, whatever. But, uh... <laughs> I haven't even hit my 30s yet, Chewie. So oh, I'm wow. so old. <laughs> you are a baby. Mariah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, still for now. <laughs> so these are things like you mentioned that, that it's real life. And I think anyone, any teenager specifically that watches this movie may feel very well identified with some of the themes in this movie. So I'm going to ask you something and I hope it's not too crazy or weird. But <laughs> okay, if you ever had a teenage daughter, would you recommend this movie to them? Yes, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> and that would be because if it's it's a horror movie or because of the themes that they cover? I think both. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> because I want you to remember your mommy. <laughs> horror fan. And, you know, you have to, like, give honor to that. <laughs> but also the fact that, yes, it is a coming of age. And just... And also, I like, I can imagine... Like, I don't have any kids yet other than my dog, Samara. So I don't have any kids yet. But I can imagine just that awkward scenario. And hopefully they'll like horror just as much as I do. And if they do, I would definitely recommend this movie because it is, it's it's so personal to me. And I feel like um, 
if somebody who I didn't know was also a teenager um, and also a family member of mine, I would probably definitely recommend this movie because it does show you true horrors in life that you have probably never heard of or that you will probably come across um, and experience and have friends who are like this. And I think it's, it's, it's such a great movie, honestly. Um, just the topics they talk about and um, how that can be helpful in, to an extent. And, um, and the stuff that they can take away from this movie is just so amazing. I mean, for me, my experience watching this film was like, wow, I have come a long way <laughs> since my teenage years because a lot of the experience from this movie I've actually experienced and like a hundred percent. So it's just so amazing to see where I am now in my life and how beneficial this this movie can be for a lot of younger viewers. So yeah, for sure. Awesome, thank you for your opinion on that. Um, I don't know if I would show this movie to my kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. I think I would if I ever had a teenage daughter and if they were, like, at a certain age, maybe? Yeah. I don't mean to sound sexist or anything like that, of course, but I, I would imagine that the mom would take care of that talk with them, hopefully. But if I ever happen to be a single dad yeah. and I'm dealing with, with a, or trying to deal with something that I'm not familiar with at all, in this case, and my teenage daughter approaches me i don't think they would because it's it's kind of like you like we mentioned already it's embarrassing to talk to your parents about stuff like that especially <laughs> yeah. especially if it's a daughter and, and a dad i mean i i, I would imagine it's, it's that's the worst it's it's the worst <laughs> conversation you could have for both parties because it, it'd be super awkward <laughs> it's so awkward it's like a hundred percent thousand percent <laughs> but <laughs> it's you and your dad <laughs> if for some reason i had a daughter and she felt confident enough to ask me about stuff like that i'd be like you know what i got the perfect movie for you girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you watch this <laughs> you watch this i'll come back and talk to you in a couple hours see what you think and then we'll take it from there how's that <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's a good way to look at it <laughs> <laughs> I think because that would be a conversation that I, I am in no way, shape, or form ever prepared to have with with a kid that I would have. But anyways, uh, even with a with a, a guy kid, for example, that's going through that, I don't, I don't yeah, that's a little weird. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> and speaking about changes, of course, Ginger starts going through a, a highly sexualized phase, and the classmates notice. They were like, oh, wow, look at her. She looks different. And wow, man, like, wow. So that's something that happens to people also, right? In real life. You start yes, noticing people absolutely. a lot more. I mean, it, yeah, they definitely, you see them in a different light. Like you've never seen them before. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, that's a very real thing that yeah. I think a lot of high school go through. And even in college, too, I'd say. Yeah. But I remember, like, going back to, to the high school conversation we had a little earlier. When you start noticing, I mean, in my case, I'm straight, of course. I mean, if somebody's gay, then they'll start noticing guys or, or girls, whatever their, their gender is. But me, I started noticing girls. I remember, and I was like, whoa, she's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, because I think I had a similar experience. I think I was 
maybe seven or eight. I remember um, this older neighborhood guy would like always talk to my brother and me and he'd be like, nah, dude, like you don't know what real life is. Like until you hit like 17 in high school, like you'll see women and they're so beautiful. You don't even know what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) I remember thinking in my head, that's so funny. Ew, gross. Boys and girls, gross. (laughs) It's, It's so funny to me think that. But that is so true. And that is a real thing that, yes, you will see that kindergarten friend so different at 17. (laughs) No lie, you definitely would. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so that happens to her. She starts becoming comfortable with her new look and she starts owning that feeling. And, of course, she starts going on dates and she starts dating this guy and she basically attacks him in in his car when they're trying to make out whatever and she ends up giving this because we haven't spoken about the the wolves but we will get to that in a minute but real quick the way wolves or werewolves work in this film is different because it's seen more of a disease than a supernatural curse so Mm -hmm. she basically infects this guy by biting into him and, and scratching his skin with her nails. Stuff like that. And then he starts experiencing things. So, I don't want to get too technical about this or into too much detail. Because I'm not an expert, of course, for one. But also because it's kind of a sensitive subject. But I can see a parallel between this specific wolf disease and real-life diseases that people get from having sex. When I was a kid, kid, I'm talking about the early 90s, started hearing a lot more about AIDS on TV, on magazines, stuff like that. And back then, I mean, the, it was around for a while before I started noticing, because, I mean, I, of course I was a kid. But I think the first cases of that stuff started happening, like, in the early 80s, maybe. But going into the 90s and me being six seven years old i start hearing about these things and of course i'm not thinking about sex at that time in my life because I'm, I'm a kid <laughs> right but my concern was like oh a disease and I, i've always been a super germaphobe type of kid so i was like oh man i, I gotta be careful and i gotta watch my watch my hands and, and me being an innocent child right uh, because oh like it, it can be transmitted by blood and this and that so i was like oh i, I can't cut myself because you know whatever I was kind of like weird about that. Now they call them STIs, which are infections. And these are things that people can pass on to each other through sexual contact, among other things. But I think maybe, in my opinion, that's another thing they wanted to kind of touch upon with that. I don't know if you agree with that or not. I absolutely, I think that was so important, Um, even in the royal family, I believe. Um, It's kind of funny because we're so far ahead for the royal family today. (laughs) But I remember my mom always talking about Princess Diana when she was still alive, talking about how, um, how that was a super big thing back in the day was AIDS. And also, too, a lot of people wouldn't donate blood. Yeah. stuff back in the day in the 80s early 90s because they were so scared um to even have a needle in their body and i do like that fact because it does bring awareness to that time frame of where we lived in um i don't think i was alive at that time <laughs> but 
hearing from my mom's uh, perspective, it did seem kind of like the world was a little iffy and scared and shaken for sure just on how they would go about their business, about um, donating blood, about getting any um, transferring of blood in hospitals. That was a huge, huge, huge thing. And I do like the fact that they do bring this awareness in the year 2000. You kind of show a little history backstory on that. And I do agree with that about how different um how one can interpret i guess that um and think about a disease because i i do feel like a lot of people did go through a lot of very scary situations and wishing they had someone to confide in and someone they could call to um and a lot of people were afraid of them actually yeah. I think in, in a lot of the documentaries that I would always watch with my mother was that a lot of people, if they heard you had AIDS, they, they, they wouldn't even want to talk to you. It was just that sad and horrible, actually, because I thought what kind of person can can do that to someone. And I just I just thought, um, you know, it was, it was a very different time frame, but at the same time, also, I guess the way my mom would also talk about Princess Diana and how she kind of went a little further and was like, I will hold a baby that have AIDS and type of thing. And that kind of showed the world, like, it's okay kind of thing um, during that time. And I'm just speaking from my mom's opinions yeah, of um, and everything that she told me. So I, th- I think that is so important even in today's societies to be kind to everyone and know that everyone is going through something yeah. and you can also be an amazing friend to them. Even if you have certain, you know, um, I guess I would say, um, different opinions and stuff yeah, of course. <laughs> and stuff like that um but you can be kind and loving and welcoming and wanting to help out in any way that you can i think is so important so i do love the fact that they do bring this awareness because i, I did feel in this movie about that guy like i can't even imagine how many people didn't look his way <laughs> yeah. type of thing like mm-hmm. that's that's really sad and a very true thing that I probably think is is still very accurate today. Fortunately for people who have that kind of condition nowadays, medicine has advanced quite a bit, so it's a lot easier for them to deal with that, and it's a lot easier for them to get treatment and stuff like that, so um, that's a good thing. I, I, I would say that humanity has found a way to deal with it. It's not curable 100% yet, but it's getting to the point where the risk of transmission to other people is super, super low, if not negligible. So that's, that's I think, the best that it's ever been. But going back to the movie, though, the rules of the werewolves in this film are a little different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Be- they definitely are. <laughs> because in traditional Hollywood films, we would see that a person transforms into a wolf once every <laughs> full moon. That's one thing. They can only be disposed of by using either silver bullets 
or silver weapons like knives and swords. And they are either allergic or super against a plant called Wolfsbane. That's another way to kind of keep them away from you. So in this film though, it's a little different because the creatures that become, or the, sorry, the people who become werewolves rather, don't have to be attacked with any kind of special weapon. And their bodies become more and more infected with this disease as time goes by. So it's not about the full moon at all, is it? No, definitely not. It is a little um, scarier. Yes. <laughs> this film, honestly, <laughs> like I can't even imagine being like a dude getting bit and stuff and having <laughs> you know the scenario happen to me. You're like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> like I must have been so bad to my mama. <laughs> and um, I, I, I kind of jokingly say that because I think, wow, like it, in real life, this is actually scary. I can't even imagine. Yeah. And also how hard it is to even find a way to go back to your original self. Like that is hard. Mm-hmm. I guess the anxiety, <laughs> mm -hmm. and as an actor, a dude actor, like, oh man, this would be a, <laughs> a, a really specific role that you have to be super good at and kind of nail it in the, you know, in the wood, just, man, that that is pretty hard to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would be able to, like, do that, but, <laughs> man, what, what a... What a different way, actually, too, because, you know, werewolves in a lot of horror movies, um, the way they are portrayed are so different, Yeah, actually, than this film. So it's like, wow, <laughs> we're seeing a different kind of um, transformation happening in the works. So that's yeah. kind of cool to me. It's, it's very unique, I would say. Yeah, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. I don't think they can go back to their human form anymore after they transform, right? Yeah, I don't think so. They find out that this plant, which I forget the name of in, in the movie, that is similar to Wolfsbane, may have some sort of a, a positive effect on them. And at one point, that guy that Ginger infected when they were making out, whatever, the sister, Bridget, actually finds him and injects this thing into his blood and he seems changed almost right away because he was being really aggressive he was like a, he was actually attacking a child at this point in the movie and bridget I, I i keep trying to say emily because emily's the name of the actress that plays the girl emily perkins but bridget <laughs> the character in the movie she finds this dude as he's trying to like attack a child or something and he turns her his attention to her and she in turn infects or sorry injects this guy with this thing this needle and within a few seconds he's he changes completely from being super aggressive to being uh i have to go because i think i have class now so bye <laughs> like super <laughs> awkward <laughs> that sounds like a tinder date gone wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah tinder oh my god don't even get me started <laughs> The, if you want horror, Mariah, you'll find it on Tinder. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> so, 
they figure out this plant can maybe help them, and, and that's when this scene happens. So, when they try to, to get Ginger to get this plant or, or this medicine, whatever it might be, by that point, it's too late. She's already turned into a wolf. It's almost the end of the movie. They actually capture her. They take her back home. And she ends up killing the dude that makes the medicine. I forgot his name. I think his name is Sam. The, yes, the weed Sam. guy. <laughs> so she ends up killing him because... Well, I'll get to the reason why in a minute. But So she kills the guy and the sister Bridget is forced to either try to save Ginger or try to save herself. Because Ginger is no longer human. She doesn't respond to anything as far as she's not human anymore. The girl Bridget is trying to reason with her, hey, it's me, Ginger, it's, I'm your sister, it's me, hello, wake up, kind of thing. It's not happening. At this point, Ginger is completely overtaken by the illness. And so the final scene happens in which Bridget has to stab Ginger with a knife instead of injecting the, the medicine into her because Ginger attacked her and she couldn't do anything but defend herself. So she saved herself and stabbed her sister. And I thought that was a pretty sad scene. I don't know about you. It was very brutal, I'd say. Because it's family. That too is also very relatable. Like how family can turn on you. But they have their reasons too. And that too is like kind of what you have to take into consideration. Even though it may seem very selfish. Um, but yeah, I, I, I felt that. I was like, ooh, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> It felt very backstabbing. It's definitely a very, I think, emotional scene because in the movie, of course, they're sisters and they've grown up together and they love each other really, pretty much or a lot. And she had to basically end her sister's life, at least for this movie, because there's a sequel. So I don't know how they revive her or whatever. But speaking about this, this movie <laughs> by itself, because at the same time, they're inside the room in which they have all these pictures of themselves together. And Bridget is looking at them as Ginger is dying on the floor from her wounds. And she starts crying. So what happens at the very end is that she goes to comfort Ginger and you see Ginger stop breathing. So you assume she died mm -hmm. from her wounds. And that was the end of the movie. So... It's a very emotionally packed scene, I think. And I really liked the way this movie ended. Because I feel like if they had added a scene afterwards, showing how Bridget was dealing with everything, or what happened afterwards, because well, something happened before all this, they had actually killed a girl accidentally in their house, and they hid the body. And then the mom found it, so the mom knew they had been a part of this death whatever i feel like if they had added something at the end about that or how they were dealing with that or what happened after that i think that would have taken away from the ending i don't know how you feel about that um i definitely agree because it is more i guess i mean i've never had a sister so i don't really 
um, have experienced, but I do have lots of brothers, <laughs> older brothers, and I can kind of, in the ending, um, spoiler, trigger, alert, <laughs> um, is uh, Bridget, you know, hugging her sister in the end there. It's so realistically just showing that family love. It, it definitely triggered me in a way thinking about that, thinking about, man, how powerful the scene is. The scene, it just shows me one word, or I guess two words is, is I'll always love you, the way she's hugging her sister. It did remind me of, of the time when I lost my mom. I remember grabbing like her pillow. Um, it was like the day after she died. I remember smelling the pillow that she always laid on. And I, I saw Bridget as me just hugging that pillow and just kind of remembering like my last moments with her. So I don't know if maybe that's what they were trying to, I guess, get in real life. Um, and also portray this in the movie, and that is very real. They captured it beautifully, I think, in this last scene between sisters. I think so. I think so because the, the scene looks, the way they filmed it, it looks really well done. And like I mentioned earlier, they were in that room in which they were always together and, and the pictures and everything, so I do feel like they did want to touch up on, on the subject of loss, but when you lose a family member, yes. family member that you lose that you really care about, that you love so much. So, yeah, definitely, I, I think that was maybe, in my opinion, the, the angle they were going for, for that. So, Mariah, I think I have covered pretty much every point that I wanted to cover about this movie with you. Is there anything else you might want to cover that we haven't talked about yet? Yes, I want to actually. Is it okay with you if I share some fun facts oh, no, about this means. movie? By all means, please go ahead. Okay, so this movie, the director, um, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but his name is John Fawcett, I think. Um, so apparently, he refused to have CGI effects in the film, but um, he actually wanted to have real um, special characters creature effects, I guess, um, to be done with prosthetics and makeup in this film, which I think is so amazing. And it actually was banned from a lot of movie theaters wow. in the UK in 2001 <laughs> as, um, and also, I, I believe it was um, banned because, of course, it, it is promoting different cycles of real life. Yeah. Experiences that people do go through in their younger, um, or in every age I would say however apparently um, the VHS was released I think in 2002 um, and it was a huge success here in the US for the best uh, fastest selling horror film of that time and it was shot in six weeks this entire film wow how amazing is that like that is insane <laughs> yeah to me just how amazing accurately and oh, i just i love this movie it was so good and i i can't it blows my mind when i think six weeks <laughs> yeah. they're just they're so amazing at their job and how 
beautiful it is to show that just real life stuff that actually does happen in people's lives and um, just bringing that awareness was very beautiful to me and uh, how far people have come, a lot of people in their lives. So absolutely love it. So yeah, so those were some fun facts. Awesome. Thank you. And you actually remind me of a couple of things that I did forget to ask you. <laughs> okay, then do ask. <laughs> I was going to ask you what you thought about the gore in this film. Do you think it was good? It was amazing. I <laughs> loved it. I have to say it's not as um, amazingly intense like Terrifier, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is. It's so good, honestly. It's it's amazing. And I absolutely loved the war in this film. 100%. I think it was really well done, so it's nice to know that the director fought for practical effects instead of CGI, because CGI back then, it was okay, I guess. Horrible. <laughs> Depending, if you had a big budget, you could make it look amazing, like Terminator 2, that's, that's, that movie, I think, still looks amazing. And that's the, I've never seen that film. <laughs> no, oh my god. You have to. I need to watch it. Yeah, Terminator 2, I think... It's a 32-year-old movie, and I think it still looks amazing as far as the special effects. So, that's, that's, I mean, but they had all the millions of dollars in the world to do it. So, <laughs> of course, I think it looks better than a lot of movies now, mind you, that are coming out now. Still, but the other thing I wanted to mention is, oh, I guess I can mention that. I yeah, I like the gore. But the other thing I wanted to mention is that we were doing kind of. 90s movies for a while and this is the first one that we do after that that's a little bit after that it's in the very early 2000s so yeah you mentioned that it looks really 90s still and, and it does it still reminds me of the 90s it reminds me of when i was in high school because that was the time that i was in high school 2001 to 2002 i was a senior so that was like the the end of my high school life there and the, the way these people are dressed and the, the music and everything reminds me a lot of that time period in my life. But I don't know if you agree with this, and you're more than welcome not to agree with this, of course. But I do feel like even though it's still 90s and really in that same time period as movies like The Faculty and stuff like that that was coming out in that time period, I do think this movie feels different somehow. I would agree with that. I think it was, I don't know how much of a huge, intense, uh, different kind of movie would happen after 9-11 happened in the USA and how mm -hmm. much of an impact that was all over, not just the US, but all over the country. I mean, all over the world, actually. And I was alive. I was, I was born in the 90s. Um, mid nineties, actually. So um, I remember watching TV during 9-11. Um, and I definitely do agree that stuff made before 2001 are actually so different, I would say. It was a different time. And I feel like they, they didn't have any like filters in in consideration as yeah. movies being made today or after 2001 and also being trying to be sensitive in, in different real life trauma and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, I definitely agree with that, but 
um, I would say pre-2001, that was a very different time. Um, I'm so happy that I was alive and actually um, was old enough to comprehend and stuff. And I'm very happy that this movie does ex did exist at that time because it just shows you a lot of main things that people don't even talk about today, actually. Or they're a little sensitive of different topics and it's like this real life like this is intense stuff that people actually do go through um and i feel like in today's society it's it's very um tippy toe <laughs> just trying to be mm -hmm. careful trying to be very respectful and it is good to be respectful but it is good to just raise awareness in different um topics and i'm so happy that i was alive during this time and um just it, it was just a different time yeah. in cinema, actually. In a lot of shows, even, and horror movies, they don't have that same filter that they do today. So, in a way, I'm very happy that I've watched this movie and um, how much it has taught me today, um, how much far I've gone through. And they don't filter anything. And I appreciate that so much and i wish a lot of movies to do that today which they don't not it's, it's very rare actually that they do that i really do feel like you're hitting the nail on the head right there and of course it's always important to make advances in in culture and trying to incorporate people from different backgrounds into media like movies and and uh tv shows stuff like that but I do agree with you, like, th at that point, it was very different. I, I think, again, this movie was made before 2001, but it feels like it was made after because of how dark it is. And when I say, oh, yeah. I, I, maybe I don't mean to say dark, but it, it's very, like, yeah, I'm going to use your words. It's, it's very lifelike because they do touch up on a lot of things that do happen to pretty much everyone. But also the way the movie was filmed, the whole aesthetic, the, and it really helps that it's set in, in the winter or whatever, because that really makes the mood of the, of the movie. I think it would have been a completely different movie if it was set in the spring or the summer, for sure. Absolutely agree. Yeah, like, I guess the mood wouldn't be as authentic yeah. <laughs> as as people do go and also that too it's like the holidays are a very hard time and i love that they um that that's kind of the setting time frame for this movie so with that i mean i do feel like we covered everything already <laughs> but <laughs> before we end our episode maria i do want to ask you how many teenage werewolf girls do you give this movie out of 10 and why I would probably give it a 10 and because it just screams my teenage self <laughs> and how amazing it is. And I know a lot of people agree and that's okay, but it's, it's a great film because it, it shows a lot of real life stuff that actually does happen. And many people may deny it, but it's like, Hey, this, this does happen. And I love this film and it's, it's, such an encouragement. Not a lot of people may, may take it that way, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I do say it as an encouragement today, mm -hmm. for sure. 
I'm gonna go with... I don't know if I'm being overly generous, because I do like this movie. A lot. <laughs> I hadn't... You're gonna give it like a nine. <laughs> I hadn't seen this in forever, and I had forgotten how good it was. I think the last time that I saw this movie was maybe sometime when I was in college, so like 2006 or seven. And I hadn't seen it okay. since. So it's been a while. <laughs> it's, it's been at least, for sure, at least 10 years. For sure. Might have been a little after that, but I, I think the last time that I, I remember watching it was around the time that I was about 24, 25. So yeah, like 2007 to 8, whatever. And I do appreciate all the themes that it covers, and I wish that I had, well, not that I'm old and wise now, but <laughs> I do feel like I've gained some sort of maturity in my in my mind <laughs> since I was a kid. <laughs> so I wish I had the insight that I have now that I had back then. Because back then, of course, I saw it as a, as a horror movie and, and I liked it and it was scary in parts. And I was like, oh man, the girl's cute, whatever. <laughs> but I, Every guy. <laughs> but I didn't really think about the themes in depth as I am now, of course. I mean mind you 20 something years later so i am gonna go with drum roll i'm gonna go with a 10 also i think that's amazing uh -huh. that's good yeah if younger chewy in high school was scoring this i think i would have probably given this a seven or an eight probably a seven <laughs> <laughs> because i was i wasn't thinking about what we just talked about all the themes and everything but now that i'm older and more mature i think i can appreciate that kind of stuff more and i understand how accurate it is and how well it, it is portrayed and how great of a job they did portraying that so I, i'm gonna go with the 10 teenage girl werewolves here and who are we calling the villain ginger um, it is kind of hard to call her villain <laughs> because, so, um, because she's just, just so amazing. <laughs> you can get into the conversation, uh, and we've talked about this quite a bit, so I don't know if we can do that anymore, but is she a villain or a victim? Honestly, I think she's a victim in my eyes, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Man. Um, yeah. So, what about you? I do believe she is a victim of circumstance in this. Mm -hmm. I do feel like, I mean, her life would have changed eventually. Just because she's getting older and going through these changes. The natural or, or the more, you know, the not werewolf way. <laughs> she would have still gone through her period cycle and stuff like that. So, But just having gone, gone or being made to go through it against or, or in a way that's not the way you're meant to kind of in, in her case specifically by being bitten by a werewolf and then she's not able to deal with it because and not that i would expect her to like I, I, of course not i don't think anybody could deal with anything like that even even grown adults couldn't deal with what's going on with her but adding on top of that the fact she's a teenager and already going through a lot of stuff to begin with in her own accord. I definitely do think she's a victim in this, but for the purposes of our podcast, Mariah, we're using Ginger as not the villain, but 
I guess the the main creature in this. <laughs> Let's call her that. Yeah. Let's call her that the the creature feature. So, <laughs> <laughs> how many skulls does she get? And we're gonna use the skulls as as a fa or as, um, in the way that, oh, for, of of course the way we normally do. How scary is she? But also, mm. how effective is she as as a werewolf? Do you think? Would you be scared of her if you saw her? <laughs> oh heck yeah! I would. I would probably give her a nine. <laughs> to be honest, I was gonna go with eight point nine, but I'm like, uh uh, I'm gonna give that a solid nine. <laughs> okay. I would. I would pee my pants. <laughs> yes, definitely. She'd be really scary. <laughs> but she's so beautiful, though. So I'd be like, yo, what's your Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> if it was today <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i just i love her so much so i'll probably give her a definitely a nine because i would be scared <laughs> I, I don't even think i would have the guts to ask her for instagram <laughs> that'd probably be less but than i would want to be her friend <laughs> i would want to like be in her circle just because i don't want her to kill me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more like that but yeah i would definitely give her a nine she's she's so scary but i love it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and give her chun 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 a nine. Also, I'm gonna go with that too because yeah, the practical effects were done pretty well. She looks like an actual wolf at the end of the movie. They did so good. Yes, they did. They did amazing. Wow. Also, as she's changing throughout the movie, when she starts growing her tail, for example, when she starts, she starts getting the the hairy stuff coming out in, in her wounds <laughs> and the, the way her teeth start looking her eyes start changing she starts her hair turns starts turning gray also i do think yeah she she'd be really scary uh <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking if i was like if i were younger chewy i'd be like oh man she looks so so hot <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, that's actually what happens to the guys in the film. They start, hey, this, this girl looks pretty, whatever. But that not being the case anymore, of course, I am now an almost 40-year-old <laughs> man. If I saw a girl looking like this, any age group, whatever, she, if she's a teenager or an adult, whatever, I'd be running for my life. <laughs> like, nope, point. not today. Yeah, at this point, I'd be like, nope. And what about like when I get a gray hair in like my thirties? Like I'm not in my thirties yet. Like that's years. Oh my from god, now. But I just think, wow, I'm gonna be like this girl. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or <laughs> <laughs> right, it's it's something it's something fun to look forward to <laughs> as as a uh, girl. So that's yeah. kind of cool. I guess <laughs> the, the takeaway from this film. <laughs> I've been balding for the past twenty years or so in my life, so. I think. Oh, you've been balding. Yes, so I'm not gonna have a lot of gray hair, but my beard. I don't, I don't know. My beard is already showing some some gray hairs here and there, and like, man, I'm not even 40 yet. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> like, but, why are you showing up so early to the party? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I've been told that I look more young than I than I am, which is always a compliment. Thank you to everyone that's, that's done that for me. But, <laughs> but if I start getting a gray beard, that's not going to be the case anymore. So if I shave that beard, I'm going to look... <sighs> the reason why I don't shave my beard all the way down is because I, I have a baby face. Yeah, so... it, it just makes me look 
mature mm, actually so i feel like if i shave my beard i would maybe look like a 25 year old <laughs> i'm not gonna say a kid of course not but I, I would maybe i would look like in my mid to late 20s so i would literally shave off about 10 years of my of my appearance and i don't like that <laughs> i don't like looking like a little kid so it's gonna be a a, a weird time when my beard turns gray all the way because do i shave it or do i like just trim it so i can look like a silver fox type of guy <laughs> uh, silver fox. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so, so cool. I, I heard the other day that I looked like I was um, 17. I was oh. like, oh, man, that's kind of cool. Nice. Because <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but you're not <laughs> that old yet. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Mariah, I want to say, first of all, that I had a great time once again talking to you. It's been a while, and I missed these conversations. So. Yes, I did too. It was so fun <laughs> getting to like dive in to the horror movies. That's, that always makes me so happy. So thank you so much too for letting me give my insight. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> and like, you know, Mariah insight and stuff. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> <Opinions>. definitely <laughs> I definitely appreciate and I'm happy that you're here. So I, I definitely want to keep you on here as, as long as you are able to do it. And <laughs> I don't think we picked a movie for next week. <laughs> well, no, I think we're on two of them, actually. actually well, actually, how, Either... about, how about we do this, the, that movie, The Stuff, that we were talking about earlier? Yeah, that would be kind of cool, because I've never watched it. Yeah. And you mentioned that it's funny, and it's super 80s. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very 80s. It's, it's kind of cool, because I was born before the mid-90s. So for me, 80s, like I, I wasn't born, but it seems so cool to me because my mom graduated high school from like 1987. I think that was when she graduated oh, high wow. school. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to me to like think like, oh, this was like when she was young. Because <laughs> she would always talk about horror movies that she used to go watch and film in theaters and stuff. My dad. So I just, I love like 80s horror movies mm -hmm. because it reminds me of my parents. And I'm like, oh, I just imagine like <laughs> thinking back like, oh, if this was me in theaters. <laughs> what would my reactions be? kind of thing so it's fine and also they're so cheesy but so good yes yes so. yeah this is gonna be one of those you either love it or hate it because it's cheesy because of the storyline and the characters and the special effects so i think you're gonna like this movie the stuff Yay. i think so i'm really happy you enjoyed this one by the way and i've had a feeling you would so i'm really happy because of the gore <laughs> That was my main idea, really. Like, I was like, Mariah's gonna love this because of all the blood and gore and, and everything that shows up. But I'm also really happy That's that awesome. <laughs> I'm also really happy that you enjoyed the themes, though, and, and that it made you think about stuff. And, and yes, that that was really, really good, gratifying. So, yeah, we'll be doing the stuff next week, then, Mariah. Put that on the calendar, calendar, please. And, Sounds good. <laughs> and we do have somebody that wanted to participate as a guest i have not heard back from them i hope they are okay but if we don't hear back from them in a while then we will keep going <laughs> so for now the stuff is the next one on the agenda and before we leave as always i want to thank everyone that took time to listen to our episode our comeback episode the first of the year 2023 and 
by all means, I encourage you to go to our Linktree page, which is linktree.com slash mythsbehindlgds. On there, you will find all of our social media links from Instagram to Facebook, Twitter, etc. And also our merch store. Don't forget to go on the merch store and buy some stuff. If you're listening to some service in which you can give us a score, give us the 5 or the 10, whatever the top is, because we deserve it. <laughs> right, Maria? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Alright, awesome. So, having said that, this is the end of the episode. Thank you once again to you guys for listening. I want to ask you to stay away from weird girls walking in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> especially the ones that look like werewolves. That's especially dangerous <laughs> kind. <laughs> and until we see you on the next one, have a good one.